2: And I'm Curtis Vermont, and this is The Trip, a podcast about political decision-making during a racial revolution, sponsored by Fido Mobile.
1: Stay tuned as we talk Canadian news and Black issues on a regular basis.
2: And if you support our work to keep you informed, please
1: subscribe. This week, we're honored to have Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie join us on the pod to discuss First Steps community-driven report on making Mississauga more equitable for Black communities.
2: Bonnie was elected mayor of Mississauga in 2014. Since then, she's been focused on holding the line on taxes, reducing traffic congestion, and building transit on top of attracting major economic development for her city, the sixth largest in Canada.
1: On June 24, 2020, Mayor Crombie brought Resolution 207 to Council just one month after the brutal murder of George Floyd, which, as we know, sparked worldwide protests in 60 cities across Canada, including Mississauga.
2: Through Resolution 207, Mayor Crombie asked Council to recognize the social injustice that we as Black communities face and develop an action plan to address systemic racism. Council voted unanimously in
1: favor of the motion. Bonnie's resolution called for the mayor to establish the Black Caucus. The members were selected to advise on how to dismantle anti-Black racism within Mississauga and would be informed by a series of consultations between April and June 2021. We'll discuss some of those findings today.
2: A daughter of Poland and Ukraine and born in Toronto. She's a graduate of St. Michael's College at U of T with an MBA from Schulich. Mayor Crombie, welcome.
0: Thanks for having me today. I look forward to the discussion, and we're very proud in Mississauga of the work that we have done on this very critical issue.
2: Excellent. Excellent. Well, we've got plenty to discuss on that issue, so why don't we jump right in? We took a look at the First Steps community-driven report on making Mississauga more equitable for Black communities. It's well done and seems both comprehensive and highly collaborative with nearly 60 recommendations based on the feedback you heard from Black Mississauga residents. For a moment, we'd just like to take a second and uh, credit some of the Black changemakers for this report, including Claudia McCoy, a personal friend, the consultant who wrote this report, and Lyndon King, the chair of the Black Caucus Advisory Group. Could you walk us through what led to the development of the consultation? We know that over 900 community members, experts, and city staff participated, but it was the beginning of the racial revolution. So I'm wondering what was the energy like in those rooms?
0: Yes, that's a great question. And Lyndon's a great friend. He's been a friend for many years, and I'm so honored that he is a chair of the Black Caucus. Claudia has become a good friend as well. She wrote an incredible mm-hmm. report that I'm so proud of, and we're proud of the work that went into the report. And I want to thank every single person every single member of the Black Caucus, but especially Lyndon and Claudia uh, for their work, as you mentioned them, and the entire 10 uh, member Black Caucus Advisory Group who put Mm -hmm. countless hours in to help advise and develop the report and made it as comprehensive as it is. As you know, the report is part of a, a larger commitment that the city of Mississauga has made when we moved a Resolution 207 in June 2020. And that was, of course, in the wake of the George Floyd murder in the US. And it was specifically to address anti-Black and anti-Indigenous racism, which of course have been identified as historic, pervasive institutional and systemic issues in Mississauga yes. so but as much as I'm proud of the report I'm equally proud of the process to get to this point. point first steps as we as we called it, it's based on the feedback the ideas and lived experiences shared by black community members during the six community consultations that we did and an additional Three co designed uh, sessions uh, to further hammer out solutions that we hosted in 2021. Mm -hmm. And these consultations were the first time our city, the city of Mississauga, had dedicated time and resources to have a meaningful dialogue on the measures that we need to take to ensure that the Black community members have more say, have their voices heard in the decision-making process here at City Hall. And as you mentioned, we have a significant, we we saw a significant amount of engagement uh, within the community, Uh, among city staff including my counselors, who were all part of the process and I think the energy uh, was mostly very positive. We know that we have a lot of work to do we knew it then uh, and we also knew that it was long overdue but the important thing is we are committed to making a change. Uh, We know that we still have work to do but the recommendations that have come out of this report are part of a concrete path to move forward in Mississauga, and we will be on that path forward. Amazing.
1: So the, the, the policing session was probably the most intense of the six consultations, considering the historical and ongoing anti-Black racism exhibited from Peel police to members of the Black community. And as our listeners may or may not know, many of the decisions that would improve equity and accountability rests with Premier Ford. Still, as a city with one of Ontario's largest Black populations, Mississauga has a responsibility to advocate for its people. Within that context, could you share what you are doing specifically to push the Ford government to
0: make our police more accountable? Yeah, sure, sure, we'll do. And of course, let's just put things in context. Peel is one of the most diverse regions in the entire country. Mm -hmm. And it's important that that diversity is reflected in our police force, but on our police board as well. And the session on policing specifically aimed to empower black communities by inviting them to share ideas and pathways for better relations and effective strategies to improve safety well-being and positive policing in mississauga but right across peel as well peel regional police under the incredible leadership of uh, chief nish duriapa has made great strides over the last few years increasing diversity on the force they are reaching out to every corner to ensure that our force uh, is reflective uh, and a microcosm of uh, Mississauga. So we're ensuring that diversity on Peel Police Services Board will also help the board reflect the growing diversity of the force itself. Mm -hmm. And I believe this is what our residents expect, as it will undoubtedly make our public institutions more responsive to their needs now obviously obviously this is not solely a mississauga issue Mm -hmm. we saw the toronto uh, police service release a report a few weeks ago showing that what most people already know that racialized individuals particularly black individuals are far more likely to experience the use of force by police officers and work needs to be done at the provincial and the federal levels to address these issues as well Mm -hmm. because you're right that's where a lot of the policy levers lie. Yeah. Um, I can say that in Mississauga, we're focused on what is within our power, which is outlined in the recommendations in the report to spur grassroots change, to build a positive future with our local communities. We do, however, in First Steps report, call to action on five recommendations directed at Peel Police. And I'm happy to say that through these various internal discussions, PRP is committed and have already started to act on the implementation of these recommendations. And some okay. of the actions include calling to action Justice Michael Tulloch's recommendations on policing, right. encouraging focused engagements with Black families, developing a statement of principle in establishing AI technologies through an EDI lens, and continued advocacy to urge the province to appoint a Black representative to Peel Regional Police Service Board. And I will share with you that I spoke to the Premier and Mm -hmm. his Chief of Staff directly when there was a seat open and asked them uh, to do so. Um, He did not, but I know that in future, uh, they're going to look at it with that lens. For me personally, uh, I, of course, I advocated to him uh, and on, the and to the entire provincial government on all of our priorities, Mississauga's priorities, Mm -hmm. and hoping to improve the relationship between Peel Police and the communities they serve, that is, I believe, of paramount importance. I hope that with MPP Khalid Rashid, who is now um, serving in the cabinet, been appointed as a minister, Mm -hmm. it gives Mississauga a direct voice in high-level policy discussions, and that can help move the needle here. I also think that a new Solicitor General, Michael Mm Kersner, who is also a fresh MPP, has an opportunity to really enact a new approach to policing. And I look forward to working together with the Ford government when they begin their session in September, so uh, we're doing what we can. Uh, you know, I did advocate directly; they didn't take the recommendation. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain now that we have uh, uh, s- some new ministers in place and a very good relationship with the uh, cabinet minister from Mississauga and a, mm-hmm. a, a voice with the premier. I think, th- I think some we'll see some more changes. So,
2: why why do you think Premier Ford didn't take your recommendation? And 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 why do you think this time would be different in terms of the Ford government's approach to policing? And I I asked that second part of the question specifically because I remember, uh, what was it, 2018, if not 2019, uh, when they first rescinded a lot of policies, key policies that Premier Wynne put in place. Mm-hmm. They were very supportive of police, very supportive of police unions, I should say, in particular and very hostile effectively to racialized and equity-seeking communities. So do you really think that they're gonna change their tune since then?
0: Well, I'm very hopeful. They didn't take my recommendation. It's in their purview to make that appointment. Mm -hmm. Uh, Peel Region had made uh, an appointment because as you know, we have also one seat on the board that we can fill at our discretion. This time it is Ahmed Atia, who is a, a Muslim community member, also an excellent board member, but previously it was Norma Nicholson, Mm-hmm. And Norma, it was a black community member. So we have made that appointment in the past, but because we uh, here in Peel Region have many communities, we we you know have spread it out a little bit. It was Norma previously; it had been a Sikh member. This time, it's a, it was a then it was a black member. This time, it's a Muslim community member. I think the premier has um, a new confidence now that he's been reelected with a, a larger majority, and mm-hmm. we I'm hoping, I'm very hopeful that we're going to see a new willingness list. Willingness to sit down and make some of the changes they perhaps had hoped to make, but uh, wanted the comfort of re-election. Um, mm-hmm. And now that we have a direct voice in cabinet here in Mississauga and a new Solicitor General, I'm very hopeful we'll make we'll see the kinds of changes that we've asked for.
2: Yep, I hear that. I I, I do share your optimism in the sense that if you look at the slate of candidates that were elected, um, there is. Certainly in the PC's ranks, the most diversity there ever has been. Yeah. Uh, And so we'll see if that has any translation. Well, jumping over to uh, one of the strategies that the city of Mississauga is considering, uh, Operation Black Box, right? It's recommended as one of the inclusion and engagement strategies by the city to heighten its connectivity to the black communities in the region. And, uh, you know, it's a very interesting idea. So can you walk us through what you see as the potential impact of the recommendation, and can you let us know if something similar already exists in another municipality, whether it's in Ontario, Canada, maybe even the United States?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So we want to ensure that we take measures to include the Black population into city initiatives. However, we don't currently have on hand access to residents or the business community. Mm -hmm. Uh, Operation Black Box is an information gathering and sharing initiative that would help the city to create a database of Black businesses and community groups within the city. Mm -hmm. It's designed to identify these businesses and community groups to better share city initiatives and engage with our Black residents. We've got to make sure that opportunity and resources are equitably distributed among our Black business community and the and that the Black Box program is part of that process, yeah. ensuring that Black-owned business businesses and business owners are able to connect with the city and to see what resources are available to them and encourage collaboration and, most importantly, innovation. It'll also act as a portal for residents and members of the Black community to connect with Black-owned businesses and support local job creators right here in Mississauga and part of that recommendation also includes awareness campaigns focused on uh, political awareness and inclusion because mm-hmm. having more black residents and business representation on city committees on groups and on boards makes the policies that we adopted at, at the city and then within the community more equitable in the long mm-hmm. run and ensures that Future business-focused programs and services are responding to the needs of the community. There's very limited examples of other cities and other regions taking an approach on this issue and looking for ways to lift Black-owned businesses up. There's the Black Business Initiative in Nova Scotia. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so And the Black Entrepreneurship Program by the federal government, I think we're all familiar with that one. But right. what we're really focusing on is local economic opportunity. I know Toronto and Hamilton have loan and training programs, but we're really looking for a holistic uh, way, a holistic approach. To support these businesses and the broader community and that means that we're looking at overlapping and integrated policies and initiatives and I think the approach is very unique among municipalities. There's no denying that Mississauga's economy is central to the provincial economy as a whole uh, and the opportunities here are fast growing faster uh, than I would argue anywhere else. So lifting up our local black businesses and empowering our black community as a whole is a core part of our economic future as a city and the name itself. Operation Black Box was given by the consultant, Claudia McCoy, as you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. based on the black box, you know, that's the central hub of data belonging on an aircraft, and it'll be likely be renamed to something more appropriate in the future. So it's kind of a place holder, But you can certainly understand the reference better when you put it in that context.
2: That's right. That's right. I, you know, I, again, I I already mentioned, I love the idea. And I, I know that um in the united states for example the small business administration um i believe they have a target of setting five percent of all contracts that go to uh marginalized communities whether that be women black communities indigenous communities etc um this may be early conversations or early, and a question to ask too early in the conversation, but do you have some sort of a target in mind, uh, you know, if you're trying to ensure contracts are given to marginalized communities, any sort of number in mind?
0: So uh, there's no specific uh, target number uh, or quota. It's mm-hmm. early days in the discussion. Um, you know, we certainly have written in opportunities for uh, local on, lo, local apprentice programs uh, with labor uh, contracts. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there is that opportunity. It's certainly something we will give consideration to as we move forward.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay, that's good to hear. I know that in Toronto, I mean, personally, I'm working to even get Toronto's uh, dissemination of contracts above the 0.1% that we currently have. So, it's, right. uh, yeah, we have a direction to follow.
0: Excellent.
1: Did you say 0.1%?
2: 0.1 percent, which works oh out to 13.5 million dollars. Yep.
0: Oh okay. wow! I mean, oh, okay, yeah. wow. Well, there are a lot of considerations as well. You know, you have to give local consideration, the vulnerable communities, um, you know, uh, young, young and starting apprentices and our youth it has to all be balanced. So it's something mm-hmm. that we'll have to give a lot of thought to.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It does seem low. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.
1: Anyway, just before the provincial election, we heard that Ontario's first long-term care home for the Afro-Caribbean community will be built in Durham. <laughs> this is exciting, <laughs> you know, exciting for us. Curtis and I both live in, in Durham and it, it acknowledges the importance of culturally appropriate care. And with over 90 percent of Canadians age 65 and over, it's time to start planning for this and making it an option for all Canadians. But frankly... And you know where I'm going with this, Mayor. <laughs> we thought Peel would get there before Durham. And we know that this is part of your plan. Can you walk us through some other parts of your Black
0: health and, and well-being priorities? Uh, yes, absolutely. Um, and of course it is. The report was developed during COVID. And I think it was it was obvious to pretty much everyone that the pandemic highlighted some large inequities in how members of our community interacted with our healthcare system and so making sure that we were building a health system that worked for us and that was top of mind. We connected with our public health colleagues, the Black Health Alliance and and various other community groups to ensure that we had taken a holistic view of black health and well-being in Mississauga. Mm-hmm. Interestingly enough, access to affordable housing was close to the top of the list. Hmm. And we know that struggling to access quality housing can affect your ability, of course, to access jobs, healthcare, education, etc. And can have a cascading effect on your physical and your mental health, as well as your overall well-being. It's Mm -hmm. a social determinant of health, uh, no way around it. And I know we've already talked about making housing affordable here in Mississauga we spend a lot of time talking about how we make housing more affordable for everyone it's important to see how all of these issues are interconnected with one with one another so mental health services are also a top priority isolation during the pandemic affected all of us but i think that uncovered a systematic or a systemic lack in mental health resources in Peel that could be addressed through new funding or a new delivery model. Uh, some of the issue here is stigma and we see stigma around mental health across the board and uh, that can lead to hesitation to access the resources that are available. 96% of residents believe that mental health uh, was something that was very important for the region of Peel to address. And 100% of the respondents believe that mental health uh, is an issue that needs to be addressed in Black communities. So we're taking steps to address it. The new Mississauga Hospital is large enough to ensure quality care, not only for our residents, but for future generations as well, with over 950 beds being added and a state-of-the-art facility, 22 storeys, over a million square feet. It's going to be wow. one of Ontario's, if not Canada's, bleeding hospitals. But specifically, we also have to take action to address the inequities of the Black community. And we can do this through further consultation, pushing for increased provincial and federal funding for housing and health care, specifically mental health care, collecting race-based data to make better informed health policy decisions and providing longer term funding to community organizations, providing mental health and community health support so that they have sustainable operations in the community that can rely on, of course, building out and adopting a black health strategic plan. So I guess the answer to your question is not only was uh, long term care for black community raised, it it wasn't as uh, as high a priority as some of the other issues like overall housing affordability and mental health issue and just accessing health care generally. But I would agree that in Mississauga with respect to long term care and seniors seniors housing facilities, you know, that ranks very high because There are many groups we see that are out fundraising, looking to purchase land on which to build a seniors housing or a seniors housing community or or, um, a continuum of care uh, for their seniors groups. And we see that as we have uh, already quite a few, the Polish community has one, The, uh, the Chinese community does as well, and we see many other groups looking to do the same. Uh, It's so important to have those kind of culturally specific long-term care homes. I would agree
2: with you. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody, Curtis here. Hope you're enjoying this chat with Mississauga Mayor Bonnie Crombie as we reflect on the First Steps report written by Claudia McCoy and its recommendations that are our blueprint for Black advancement in Mississauga and across Ontario. Like usual, we split this conversation up for your listening pleasure, so be sure to listen to part two where the convo goes deep. We chat about Mississauga, improving black health care, implementing non-police responses to mental health crises, building Mississauga's black hub, and plenty more. As always, thanks for listening.